everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lonnan. And this is Volume Up by The Tease. Hello, Salon Pro. You know better than anyone that in day-to-day life, your client's hair can take a beating. Damage goes beyond the obvious chemical services and heat styling to the environment, pollution, and simple everyday actions that can seriously compromise the hair. That's right. It's not just our bleach bonds that need a little TLC. It's everyone. And that's where Olaplex comes in. From their professional services to their famous take-home products, Olaplex targets specific concerns for stronger, shinier, healthier-looking hair. Using patented Olaplex bond-building technology, their products work from the inside out to help relink broken bonds and prevent future damage so that every client, after every service, can leave the salon with visibly healthier hair. While you strengthen and protect your client's hair, you can earn more revenue for yourself and your salon. By just using Olaplex once a day in the salon, you can generate $450 extra each month just once a day. That's on top of the fact that clients with healthy hair leave the salon happy and are more likely to book with you again and again. Try Olaplex professional products today. You won't believe the difference. Don't let damaged hair hold you back. Go to pro.olaplex.com or the link in the show notes to learn more and get certified. Get ready to transform your client's hair and confidence with Olaplex. So happy Cyber Monday. I'm thrilled. I love a Cyber Monday. You know, I am so excited that it's turned into a thing where there are deals all the I mean, they were basically like, whatever, Cyber Monday, Black Friday deals. Before Black Friday deals. In October. Yeah. And then you're like, how long do I wait? Yeah. How much farther will the deal go down? That's the fun, isn't it? <laughs> where it's like, this is dangerous. I might lose this deal or I could get a better one. So I this is a fun time for me. You know, I have almost clicked on and bought even pre-Black Friday, (laughs) but I've been uh, literally restraining myself from buying this particular item. What is it? The item is one of those um, light therapy devices, the Omnilux. Of course. I mean, how many ads are you getting for them? Yeah. And I cannot resist any longer. You shouldn't. You shouldn't resist this given. I have a friend who has one and she loves it. And so this sucker's I'm going to press ads to cart purchase today because oh. I cannot wait any longer. Check out. What about you? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm doing the the silly stuff of like, should I get it for me? Should I get it for kids? Okay. I mean, this is that it's like gifting time. And yeah, but like I come first. <laughs> I don't really, but sometimes I feel like I should. You know what I mean? Where you're like, well, yeah, I need a little gift. It's a little treat. A little treat. Exactly. For myself. Like I need a little treat for me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm perusing the sort of usual, the the fashion sites, the e-coms. Okay. And, you know, there's a couple of things in my cart. I'm ready to go. All right. I'm just, again, Russian roulette. Is that deal going to get better? Um, there's some... Discounts on some sunglasses. Oh, I'm excited about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect time in winter. Yes. The sunny, sunny California. We Right. I mean, we don't <laughs> think about it, but we need exactly. We need sunglasses year round. So. All right. That's where I'm at. I'm I'm loving. I'm loving this season. <laughs> I'm loving it, too. And consumerism. I want it <laughs> at its finest. Let's buy a light device. It seems practical. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard good things. Why not? I mean, the internet tells me great things. Yeah, what's what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> exactly. So I've got to tell you one thing that I, I was thankful for and remain thankful for from Thanksgiving. Mm. And Jeff, brace yourself. It is the upcoming finale of The Golden Bachelor. I mean. Yes. 
I don't know where to go with this. <laughs> the Bachelor, I'm not a fan of. I've only I've heard good things though about the Golden Bachelor. Can you explain to me its appeal? Could you? Could you? Well, yes, and just to. Just to reel it back into the tease, you know, hair, beauty, culture, better, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The women of The Golden Bachelor dished on Allure.com and all their beauty secrets. And you better believe that I read that darn article. Tips to tell. Because I think this one, I'm actually not a Bachelor fan. I haven't watched in probably a decade. And this one was so interesting to me because, you know, what if you do find yourself later in life without a partner. Mm -hmm. How do you hop back into this dating world? And all of these women were so lovely. They genuinely seemed like they were friends and rooting for each other, which I can get behind more so than like the caddy, (laughs) the cutthroat bachelor. (laughs) We're coming for you sort of deal. I mean, and there were a couple ladies here that have aged quite gracefully. So mm. from their tips, um, you know, on their biggest splurge of plastic surgery. I mean, I'm not ruling it out someday. No. Of course, I need a little Chanel lip gloss, right? Who doesn't? A little sculpture. Mm-hmm. But Edith, who I believe is the most beautiful on the show, her beauty must have is aloe vera. Huh. She puts it in her hair. She styles her hair with it on her face. And she gives herself a good, good massage on her neck and face every morning with aloe vera. And she looks absolutely flawless. So have you ever heard of that? No. Same. Not even, I mean, my face, this is not a visual medium um, unless this gets cut into a, a reel or a TikTok, but I'm shook. I don't, I don't, I didn't think, but I guess, sure, there's got to be some benefit. I don't know. She looks great. So it's working for her. Absolutely glowing. Anyway, the biggest takeaway is we need sunscreen, y'all, and you're going to need to start early. <laughs> I always think about that. Like it's maybe even too late for me, but I'm not throwing in the towel. Um, no. Yeah, we definitely all do need some luck. The ladies look incredible, honestly. They do. The Golden Bachelor, like I wouldn't, I mean, again, not everybody can do whatever everybody wants to do. No shame. I, I would not, at a glance, assume some of these ages. A- agree. Based on what is being reported. There's that. There's that. There's hope for us all. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, on our last episode, I talked with John Maroney. With over 35 years in hairdressing, John has had the unique opportunity to work at virtually every level of the industry. Working behind the chair for many years, John fell in love with helping other stylists through education. Starting with the Veda Corporation in the early days of the brand, he eventually came to work with brands such as Sebastian, Wella, P&G Salon Pro, Goldwell, KMS, Veris, and Carousilk. He is now the Vice President of Global Education and Customer Experience for Olaplex. What a career. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. This week, we're talking with Brian O'Connor. Co-owner of Fruits Hair Lab with 21 years of cosmetology experience, Brian O'Connor's expertise in color, cutting, styling is how fruits came to fruition. I love that. While just out of his teens, Brian began creating looks on Paramore's lead singer, Haley Williams, might have heard of her, Mm -hmm. and has continued ever since. In a few short years, Brian's resume would include not only Paramore, but artists like Fall Out Boy, Josh Dunn, Cheryl Crow, Jewel, Lady A, and even former Vice President Al Gore. That is a real thing. Mm. In 2016, Brian co-founded Good Die Young, a vegan and cruelty-free vivid hair dye company. With Brian as chief innovation officer, Good Die Young has grown into an industry-leading multi-million dollar company that is breaking the boundaries of what inclusion, community, and vivid hair color mean. He's committed to ensuring that every client leaves feeling more confident than when they walked in. 
This one is a good one. It is why my hair is pink. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. You indulged in a little treat in some good die young. I sure did. Right there on the top <laughs> of your head. It looks real nice. <laughs> Things that don't look so nice, though. Let's just get into it. I'm going there. Yeah. Oh, OK. Go. Um, Someone. Uh, I, uh, there's <laughs> a person that is famous for reasons that escape me. Um, he's known by Harry Styles. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, he's gone and cut off all of his hair. Uh, he debuted a buzz cut in, I guess, a pleasing ad or something. Yeah. And I got to say, I think he looks like a foot. I've always thought that he looks like a foot. <laughs> he looks more like a naked foot than ever before. Interesting. Um, I don't get the appeal. I don't think it's a good look for him. That's that's it. That's 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 my take. What's your what's your take there? You know, you have had some serious Harry Styles beef for like a really long time. And someday we're going to get to it. I just so mid as the kids say, (laughs) so incredibly mid. There's nothing appealing. I mean, he wears flashy clothes. That's a stylist. Here we're going for him. Okay, that's not him. Um. And again, like the hair, the hair had been okay. Now it's gone. (laughs) And we're just looking at what we got. And what do we got? That's the question that I'm posing. What do we got? Absolutely nothing according (laughs) to you. I do believe that he is actually quite handsome. And I do like some of his music. Um, Okay. All right. We can hold multiple truths on this podcast. (laughs) We can. We are. We're not one. (laughs) We are individuals. (laughs) Not a unified voice at all. <laughs> you know, it makes me think back to when um, the documentary we talked about with David Beckham, mm-hmm. or the Beckhams, I should say, because it's definitely both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he started initially dating Victoria, how one day he came out on the field and his head was shaved and it started this whole revolution. On the pitch. On the pitch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I wonder if Harry is going to set off, not in your house, but <laughs> some sort of Buzz cut revolution. We shall see. I'm sure the kids are going to, you know, buzz cut Mm -hmm. as a result of this. And, you know, all the power to them. Not in my house. They probably. Oh, no, no. The drip is strong. No. We're still rocking. It's still rocking the frazzled hair in the front. Length. Yes. It's a it's a whole look Mm -hmm. that we need to move on from. But anyway. Okay. Well, maybe you can encourage them to embrace this (laughs) buzz cut. Um, Yeah. Looks great on some. Not on all. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Uh, Let's talk about things that are trending on our site that don't involve a Mr. Harry Styles. Uh, (laughs) Our editorial team has been hard at work this week on covering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know but should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. Look, it is Cyber Week, Mm -hmm. Cyber Monday. All of the sales are happening. So this is perfect. Uh, First up, the article, Shop Cyber Week Sales on Solanery.com. Shop Solanery's biggest sale of the year on your favorite brands. Free shipping on all orders from November 22nd through the 28th after this podcast episode airs, so you still have time. Head to thedees.com to see the Solanery.com Cyber Week promos from your favorite salon professional brands, including Statement, Alterna, Joyco, Kenra, Sexy Hair, My Density from Guy Tang, Authentic Beauty Concept, and Pravana. The sales don't stop there. Check out Solanery today because there are Cyber Monday specific deals that are set to drop with 
discounts that are deep. We're talking 50% off on TBH, True Beautiful Honest Color, 50% off of Agora Vibrance, Agora Royal Color, 40% off on Joyco Artistry Foils, and so, so, so much more. Check it out over on the tees and on Solanary.com. Make it happen. Make it happen. My question, if you were a pro, which brands would you be stocking up on? Um, Because I know you and I like to dabble in the pro brands. Yeah, we like to dabble a lot. Mm -hmm. I think that for me, the deep discount on the Alterna Caviar line um, and the My Canvas brand, I mean, 50% off. And then 50% off select gift sets and intro kits. I mean, that's where I'm going because I'm going to retail the heck out of it. Um, And, you know, get a little extra cash in my pocket. Yeah, love that. Check it out on the tees.com. Next up, uh, this one connected to us because we had seen their latest show at New York Fashion Week. Uh, the article is Sustainable Fashion Label Dauphinette Launches First Fragrance. Since its launch in 2018, the New York-based label Dauphinette has budded into a successful and noteworthy name in a sphere of sustainable fashion. Founded by 25-year-old designer Olivia Chang, the brand originated as a one-of-a-kind upcycled vintage jacket sourced from the Midwest. In five years, it has grown to include ready-to-wear as well as accessories, and Cheng's designs have made appearances in the Met as well as several New York fashion weeks. Most recently, the eclectic and bubbly brand has ventured into the beauty world with the release of its first-ever fragrance, 369. Head to the to learn more about this fragrance. Look, we know that it's hard mm-hmm. to get into a fragrance without actually testing it. Yeah. Um, but I'm piqued about this, particularly as the designer talks about it. She says some things, some colorful language, which I love to, to publish. What's your take? Would you try 369? Yeah, I, here's the thing. The description from the designer, as you mentioned. Go to the tea.com to read that. Don't, start... don't spoil it for them. Oh, okay. Okay. okay I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it definitely makes me want to try it so yes check out our secrets we'll leave it at that <laughs> mm-hmm. get in there all right uh another uh, one of our favorites um is the first of our partnership with multicultural beauty in insider our friends over there um the article is called thread beauty encourages gen z to break beauty rules gen z is the most dynamic and nuanced consumer generation beauty brands and retailers have ever faced They are constantly redefining beauty, self-expression, and identity standards at such an accelerated pace that companies are in constant pivot mode trying to appeal to them. Connecting to them with the right product assortment and engaging across every touchpoint is a significant challenge. The one brand is cracking the Gen Z code with relatable messaging and high-quality products. Thread Beauty, sold nationwide in Target stores, is democratizing the cosmetics aisle and has become a go-to beauty brand for Gen Z. With a focus on younger consumers, Thread's products were conceptualized for multi-usage, giving the racially diverse TikTok generation freedom to be creative. Lipsticks double as blush sticks, gloss is used as an eye topper, and foundation can be used for contouring. There are no rules. Multicultural Beauty Insider talk with Thread's marketing director, Kia Brinkley, to learn more about its origins, its relationship with Target, and plans for growth. Head to to read all of that. So first of all, love, 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 love this. Um, What were your takeaways from this interview? You know, I think it's interesting, you know, once you kind of get a foothold in Target to continue that foothold and then grow and expand. So clearly they are, as they mentioned, listening to their consumers, right? And they have micro communities of makeup artists, content creators, and men who are really helping to inform and be the feedback mechanism. So a lot of great branding there, a lot of great marketing uh, expertise going to work. Shout out to the team over there at Thread Beauty. We love to see it. 
As always, so much going on at thetease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors and partners. We're proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, Jeff's interview with Brian O'Connor. Co-owner of Fruits Hair Lab, Brian O'Connor is a staple in the styling scene in the South's entertainment capital. With 21 years of cosmetology experience, his expertise in color, cutting, and styling is how Fruits came to fruition. While just out of his teens, Brian began creating looks on Paramore's lead singer, Haley Williams, and has continued ever since. In a few short years, Brian's resume would not only include Paramore, but artists like Fall Out Boy, Josh Dunn, Cheryl Crow, Jewel, Lady A, and even former Vice President Al Gore. His artistry has been recognized by multiple credible publications, including Vogue, Cosmopolitan, Allure, and Bustle. In 2016, Brian co-founded Good Die Young, a vegan and cruelty-free vivid hair dye company. With Brian as chief innovation officer, Good Die Young has grown into an industry-leading multi-million dollar company that is breaking the boundaries of what inclusion, community, and vivid hair color mean. Even while running multiple businesses, Brian continues to stay passionate about working behind the chair. Through his versatile experience, he adopted an impressive skill set that incorporates various techniques to craft a style to fit each individual's needs. He is committed to ensuring that every client leaves feeling more confident than when they walked in. All right, guys, we are so excited. We've got Brian O'Connor. Brian, welcome to the Volume Up Podcast. How's it going? Um, So good. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure meeting you. Uh, we are thrilled, um, and we don't mean that lightly. Uh, big, big fans of your work. Thank you. Um, as well as the many businesses, and we're going to get into those. All right. Um, but for those who are maybe living under a rock, how the heck did you get started in the beauty industry? So I I kind of knew from an early age on at like 12 okay. that this would be my career. Like if you ask my whole family now, none of them are surprised by any of what I'm doing. Um, any of it? I mean, I'm sure, yes, to some extreme. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm even surprised (laughs) myself. Um, But I knew that, yeah, I knew hair and makeup were just my, that was my thing. I just knew it. Mm -hmm. And growing up, though, um, my best friend from like middle school through high school, um, her name was Melissa, and her mother, her name is Coco, and Coco Colette had, Growing up, she had done my entire family's hair mm. and she owned a salon in the small town that I grew up in Michigan and nowhere. And I remember being enamored, like just could not get enough um, when I would hang out with Melissa and we would sometimes after school go straight to her mom's salon and just mm. I would be like a second shadow to her mother to the point where my friend would be like, I thought you, I thought you're coming to hang out with me. Yeah. You want to be with Coco. And so it started there. And then I immediately once graduating high school, um, I live in Tennessee and I graduated high school in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was in school, I apprenticed at a salon here in Nashville called Rodney Mitchell salon. And then I, um, eventually apprenticed for, um, a woman named Darla Walker that owned Pink Mullet Salon in Franklin, Tennessee, which is about 30 minutes south of Nashville. And that's really where I like got started. Um, I then met Haley, thus became a much bigger career in doing, I guess, if you want to use the title, celebrity hairstylist, which still weirds me out when I even saying it just makes me feel funny. Because at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm just passionate person who does hair. Um, For celebrities. Occasionally. For for celebrities, occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so with that, it all just kind of 
became a snowball really from there. But I mean, yeah, it's kind of been something that's been ingrained in me at a very young age that I was like, I, I will do this. I am going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice and do whatever it takes to be the, hopefully the best at my craft or at least my version of the best version of myself at my craft. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you shared this. Uh, we've got, you know, a number of guests on the podcast and it tends to go one of two ways. People knew from the jump, as you're describing, where they're like, I had to have hands in hair. Mm -hmm. This was a life for me, or they sort of stumbled into it. Um, so I know that a lot of our listeners are going to identify with your journey. Um, I do want to ask beauty school. Um, what was that like for you? We often on this podcast talk about, shortcomings uh -huh. it not being you know the final destination but a stepping stone to where you really do the learning but would love to hear from you what was your perspective like uh you know what very again because i've known for so long that this is what i wanted to do anytime that i i remember asking coco like what it was like what what i needed to look for and then even as i got older and i transplanted from michigan to tennessee to nashville I had to myself find a different hair mm -hmm. person to cut my hair. And I even started asking them. And, and this is like me being 15, 16, 17. And really like the advice that I got still to this day, it kind of makes me laugh because it was like, don't worry about what, what it like, how nice and how extravagant or whatever it is at the time they were like, you're, they're just going to teach you the bare minimum. Mm. And that is essentially what it takes to pass your state board test mm -hmm. and anything outside of that, you need to go out and you really need to educate yourself as much as you can possible, because that's really not what school is for. They're not going to keep you up to date on the latest trends. They're literally just going to teach you what they need to, for you to pass your state board test. And so I did just that. I kind of found the most reasonable cosmetology school that at the time fit my budget. Mm -hmm. And um, because I didn't want to put myself in extreme and I, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, you know, it's not like I have some lengthy degrees. These are things to consider. That makes total sense. And so it was one of those things that I did. I just, I was like, this works. Um, it's, it, it makes sense where location wise for where I was living and, and the other jobs that I had while going to hair school. And so I did it. And honestly, they were right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they, they weren't lying. I remember I, I went out, like I said, I, I went and got a receptionist job at Rodney Mitchell salon um, in here in Nashville. And I really, that's where I learned a lot of the craft that was relevant at that time. So this would have been 2004, 2005, mm. you know? And so really I would take that, what I would learn, just, just what I would see, what I would ask stylists as a receptionist in the salon. And I would take that back to hair school and I would, you know, like people are paying $5 for a haircut. They're paying maybe $20 for like full color, you know, mm -hmm. base color, dimension, highlights, glazing, you know? And so it was like, this is my time. Like, to experiment. And if I get it wrong, they knew what they were in store for when they mm -hmm. came to a hair school to get their hair done. And so that's what I did. And I remember everybody, including my teachers being like, can you show me what you're doing? Can you explain to me why you're doing it? And I, I'm, I was going like, this seems, shouldn't it be the other way around? Yeah. The other way around. <laughs> like, yeah. So essentially like I just really took it upon myself to hone my craft and, and kept in mind that like 
nobody is going to want it more than I should. Mm. There, no one should want to give me that information more than I want to receive it, go out and find it mm-hmm. and kind of grow with it. And so even still to this day, that is something that is really important to me because no matter how long I've been doing this, as soon as I reach a point in, in this career and this like field where I think I know everything about it, then why am I doing it? I should find something new to learn and to start over. And, and I feel like I have things to learn from somebody who's been doing this for 40 plus years or just out of hair school. Mm. I think there's so much to be learned that it's not an age. It's not just an experience. It's just, there's constantly people who are learning and growing in it. It doesn't matter how long they've been doing it. I feel like I have a lot to soak up. Mm. Well, talk to me a little bit about how you got to where you're at in terms of color. Um, You are known for this, obviously, uh, working with, again, a celebrity. I know you said it felt sort of icky. We'll get to that in a moment. But I want to understand, like, did you always know color was going to be your thing? Or did you stumble into the, like, how did you talked about others being interested in your technique? I I would love to understand what that looks like. And I'm sure our listeners would. So at first, I, I was really passionate about cutting. Okay. Like I really kind of in hair school, I took that very serious Mm -hmm. because I just remember thinking like you can hide a terrible haircut with a really good color or a style, (laughs) you know, Yeah. we all seen it, you know, (laughs) like we've all seen it. Um, and it was really important for me to make sure that I knew how to do that good first. And so I thought that that was really important, um, especially in the realm of hair and and shape and angles and someone's face and bone structure. And there was so much to take into place. And I felt like if I was really good at that, it would set me up for being really good at everything else. But I quickly, this is going to, I don't like, I don't mean it like boastful or like, I don't find hair cutting as challenging as I do coloring hair. Yeah. And so I really became enamored with coloring hair because it was very, uh, it was chemistry. It was science. It was Mm -hmm. understanding, you know, the underlying pigments to someone's hair, any previous hair color history, what tones that would pull through on top of their, you know, like their underlying pigments. And so to me, it was like, I really felt like I really had to use my brain more Mm. to do this. And that made me excited. And so it really became something that I, sort of just started pouring more of like reading up and educating myself and like the color wheel and like not even just in school but like in any i was specifically even looking more like on taking color coloring classes whether it's techniques um formulas and sometimes a lot of brands and a lot of companies choose to just say this is our way this is how we want you to use it yep so i was taking a lot of classes that weren't just brand specific it wasn't just okay, I'm going to only live and breathe and sleep Redken, or I'm only going to live and breathe and sleep Goldwell or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And so I really tried to like hone in on as many classes that I could get and kind of seeing what were the bases of the classes that were really just sort of the essentials that everyone spoke about. And then, okay, what are they telling different versus others and why and this sort of thing. So it became one of the like, Truly, it became something that I just, it made my brain work at a much rapid pace and had to think more. And I liked that instinctual, in the moment, quick thinking, fast on your feet sort of 
sometimes that you have to be behind the chair because yep. not every client that you've had is going to be a client that you've had for four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Yep. So you're you're really trying to be good in that moment for the the person who walks in the door and you've never met before and you have to learn a lot of information in a very little time while executing, mm-hmm. you know, your art, your craft perfectly. <laughs> um, yeah. And so to me, that's where it really started. And I think it started again, obviously going into Haley and at the time, um, early two thousands, it was very emo scene hair. And before it became really that, because I didn't know it unbeknownst to us, I think we really kind of, opened a door more into that her and I with Mm -hmm. what we were creating, who she was, her platform, um, her being a warp tour, which was a really huge thing at the time in early 2000s. And so it became something where it was like, how can I do all this, but still keep her hair intact? Mm -hmm. And like thinking about that important consideration. Yeah. It became more and more um, sort of, the thing that just made me excited about my job, you know, like getting up in the morning, I was like, can't wait, like who I'm going to meet or what this client that I've done before, maybe they want something different this time. Maybe I'm, you know, asking them, Hey, can we try something different? Mm -hmm. And so it really kind of the color aspect of it all really started from there. And I think meeting Haley only showed me a side of myself that maybe lacked the confidence to see it or maybe the the insecurities and the doubts were sort of like whoa i did something really cool that people are actually like kind of taking notice of or imitating and mm-hmm. and that really felt like okay well once that happened i i took it very serious upon myself to outdo myself every time Oof. Which you have made a career of. Um, so I think firstly, like our listeners are going to be so excited about what you just shared, uh, particularly the colorists who, as you described, nerd out over the chemistry, the formulations, that experience. So again, like uh, I'm sure everybody's thrilled about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also seamlessly introduced um, the one that we we all know and love, which is, you know, Miss Haley Williams of of Paramore and solo fame and all of the other things. How how the heck did you guys link up? Um, so obviously the Tennessee connection, I can assume. Yep. Um, but let's, if you wouldn't mind, let's get into that. Yeah. Because I think, you know, we got some listeners who, who want to know too. So like I said, I graduated hair school and I started apprenticing. Um, she came in randomly. So at this time I would have just graduated. So I was like 19, about to turn 20. She was 16, about to be 17. Um, cause our birthdays are two months apart, but we're, uh, we're, I'm three years older than she is. And so I remember her coming in and it, just this tiny human being. And I don't mean that in just like a demeaning or like just of stature, a very petite woman, girl at the time, lady. And I remembered thinking like the energy and the presence was just so much larger than she was and I remember being extremely friendly and, and, and chatty and she was talking about doing music and and I still to this day we joke about it and I tell it in almost any interview is she said she was like oh I'm in a band and da, da, da. and I was like 
Yeah, so is everyone in this town. Like it's uh, it's Nashville. <laughs> no, you're, I mean you're not wrong. <laughs> you know, so I not that I didn't take it seriously, but I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, not thinking it would go from you know just meaning to what it's become now. Fast forward, kick myself in the head, yeah. sort of moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so she actually went and saw Darla first. So so the first I want to say like two times she she like i met her and really got to know her she was coming in and she was the owner's client mm-hmm. but i was the one who was shampooing blow drying help mixing up the formula you know yep. and so darla went on maternity leave she was pregnant at the time and at this point Haley's now 17 i'm 20 and um Haley was like i'm familiar with him i'd like to go Yep. to him and so the first time i ever did her hair oddly enough she came in and she was like the band has been recording their second album we just came back from going to uh japan for the first time and she referenced this um street fashion magazine called fruits and she was like i want to look like a, an anime cartoon character of myself mm. so we talked about what we could do because at the time she had this very like deep kind of red with the ends she wanted to look like a matchstick and so she had this like bit of yellow but next to some of the red it looked like a little orange in between and darla had given her that and so she was like i want it to be really out there so we made this plan and we picked colors and placements and how we wanted to do it and it ended up becoming the the misery business look like i did that and she was like we're about to fly to LA. So I'm going to use this for all of the promo for the new album. And we're going to shoot a music video while we're out there. So it has to look really good. So it became that, which is a very iconic now still to this day. Iconic as hell. Yep. Yep. Um, At the time we were literal kids. Like I, I was a literal still child, 20 years old or not. I was a child. I had a baby brain still. Yep. We just thought we were, we were being, weird fun having fun playing around you know like we were just doing things that we thought were cool shit (laughs) you know to us it wasn't about creating this like icon image if you will i don't even know if i can say that or if that sounds right but it's a very iconic image now absolutely it is and it's very weird to be a part of that or to have done that and created it really but ultimately it was it was that that started everything and and from then on i've done pretty much every music video photo shoot haircut hair color styling makeup i tour with paramore um we own a hair dye business together mm-hmm. we own a salon in nashville called fruits ironically because it's all come together yep we wanted to pay homage to what started this relationship which allotted for people to talk about hair also in a very like personal emotional a lot of anxiety a lot of just being young and growing up together there was a lot that the hair is what started the conversation but it was also something that built so much bigger than like now it's like that's my sister that's my blood that's my best friend that's the person who probably knows outside of my soon-to-be husband almost i mean you know i say i jokingly say i i'm i have a a husband and a wife and (laughs) and and so like it's it's just really it it, the hair was just 
merely the vehicle that drove what it is now. Mm. And it's so much deeper than what it was in the beginning. Well, and let's give you your flowers. I mean, it's where it's driven has gone so, so many places. Um, and you address like color, cut, all of these truly iconic. I mean, we overuse the phrase in popular culture right now. Right. But I mean, those are some like really core looks. Thank you. So I'm curious, Brian, wh- what is one of the looks that you are most excited about after all of these years? Is it something old? Is it something new? In the middle, I, I just want to, what is it? What is it for you? Uh, to me, I think I have, when I talk about it, I think I have like the three, the three like set, like, so Riot will always be the misery business look. Mm-hmm. It will always be very special, very just like it changed my life in a way that mm-hmm. I at the time had no clue. And then uh, self-titled era still into you. We did half pink, half orange. And it's so funny now to see how many people have, again, imitated it Mm -hmm. did their own version of it Mm -hmm. you know and then it became almost like gemini hair oh for sure it was gemini hair before gemini hair was gemini hair Uh, (laughs) and so i think like that's really cool not because it came a trend late way later on it was just something at the time i didn't want to do oh ironically that was so that was Haley's idea okay and i was like are we sure like are we (laughs) are you sure (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I just had a, a hard time envisioning it yeah. because it just was never, not that I didn't see her that way. It was just something that was so simple in a way, Yeah, you know, especially coming out of always being orange or bright orange or misery business to this like half and half pink. We had done pink some before, mm-hmm. um, but it turned out to be one of my favorite, honestly, one of my favorite things. And, and I humbly say that to her face even to this day like you're right <laughs> ooh, i know i was wrong yes. about this but i'm so glad it turned out the way that it did and then probably after laughter mm. um which as simple as it is it's just merely a, a pale icy bleach blonde you know and and it's not anything no one's ever done yep. marilyn monroe is the most iconic you know there are so many many more in in that realm who have done it throughout it but to me, it was what it meant personally for her and also both of us at the time. Mm. And it was just sort of, I watched my friend almost take control and say, like, I'm doing this for me, not because you expect me to be this person the entire time, mm-hmm. you know, which was the loud, crazy hair, you know, the yep. fiery haired. the mm-hmm. And so to me, those three are just truly really big moments that I'm proud of. Again, the first two for obviously work reasons and attention reasons. The last being solely of what it meant on such a, a deeper personal level and what we were going through individually and but bringing that together and how we created that and what it meant for her and the whole story, really. I mean, Blonde Haley is top tier. I mean, that especially that era, um, I recall there's like a they had done a, a BBC Radio One cover of Passion Fruit yep. when she was like that uh, like Chef Kit, like, God, that color is so good. And then obviously the song's a pop and she was incredible. But but yeah, that you guys killed it. Thank you. Um, talk to us a little bit about the experience of being a touring stylist. So, I mean, you, you mentioned you, you went on the road with the gang. Yeah. You got to keep up that color when it was some of those quote unquote crazy colors. Yeah. What is that like? Um, what's in the kit? How do you stay sane? Well, so 
I haven't always toured from the beginning of the cruise. Sure. So I started touring around self-titled. So really that um, that whole self-titled album and touring is when I like started. And she really just was like, she's very transparent about this too. She was struggling really bad with her acne and feeling very insecure. And she was like, I, I just need to feel good when I go out there and present myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that doing it myself. And so... Um, she took me on tour and I was like, this is holy shit. This is, this is really (laughs) not, not to downplay, but like that shit that I only know (laughs) had known of like huge pop star, Madonna, Mm -hmm. Mariah, you know, Whitney, you know, like major pop stars did. I mean, it's, it's a luxury. Don't get me wrong, but like Haley was a female lead singer of a band. That's not normal for them to take their hair and makeup artist on the road with them. Um, but really, I think it meant so much more than just the hair and the makeup. I really think that it was this connection. It was therapy in a way. It, I will say, versus being behind the chair and touring, mm-hmm. the creativity is so different. Behind the chair, I'm constantly doing and meeting, you know, it's new people, it's new clients, they're old faces, some of them, yes, some of them are new, but it's constantly changing, you know, I'm doing five, six, seven, eight, nine Mm -hmm. people a day. So it's one after the other. This is my main focus is Mm -hmm. two, three hours before a show, I'm doing what my craft is what I'm passionate about what I love. But I'm doing it now in a way where it's the color is there. The cut is there. Maybe we've already talked about it. We've done it. We're implementing it. Maybe halfway through a tour, we've decided we're going to take a hard right and go a whole different direction and switch it up. Mm-hmm. There was one time during self-titled, I, I changed Haley's hair color nine times in one year. And it about put me in... <laughs> in a mental facility for my sure, yeah. my safety and well-being because I was like, people are going to think that I have just ate her hair up. And it's always been something that I pride myself on as, as much as we've changed her hair, we've always maintained the integrity. Mm. But anyway, so the life on the road, it's, it's just, I'm also creating a full look from start to finish. Mm-hmm. It's the haircut, it's the color, but then it's styling it, the outfit that she's wearing, the show itself the lighting the you know down to i mean every little detail of production and i i am before every tour i go out and i watch and i sit out front and i watch every song that they rehearse every way that the light moves what's on the screen behind them what is the outfit that she's going to wear how can i make sure that she doesn't get lost in all this lighting and then yeah. and not as just a a white thumb on stage essentially with clothes on you know so it's it's so much more creative in that way as opposed to just behind the chair and doing what you know and you become repetitious at it was Mm -hmm. it was having to learn something completely different and it can also though and we're like a huge family and in Haley and and paramore and the team that it's all i've ever toured with i've never toured with any other artist and i don't know personally if i have it in me because it is even as close as we are and it's a family and it's so great it still feels it can feel lonely it can feel really lonely sometimes um in a different way because you're constantly surrounded by people with people yeah and they're amazing people that i love so much and that have i feel made me a greatly a better person not at my craft but just 
as a human being have made me better. And so it's just, but it's your life still continues without you. Mm. You know, like when you leave home and you're touring the country, the world, you know, whatever it may, state to state, city to city, um, your life, people that you love, if you're in a relationship, if you're married, I mean, your friends, you know, any, anything like that. My dog, (laughs) I have a horse farm, you know, now, like I leave all of that and that is still happening with or without you. Mm -hmm. And so when you come back, you, you kind of have to readjust because like they have their thing. They've been in their groove, just like you have, you know, I had my groove over here, but it's, it, it, it took a lot of just kind of being like, okay, this is my life. And there are parts about it. And I love it. I love, I don't always love the ping ponging towards the end, especially at like how long it's been going. Sometimes it gets exhausting, not going to lie. It gets exhausting for all of us, but I I do love that. I have the creative freedom Mm. to do a tour, come off, maybe take a few days or a week to myself, come in to the salon, work behind the chair, catch my, you know, my clients, up on what I've been doing, where I've been, what I've seen. And then I get to go back out and do a little bit more of it. Like um, two days from now, I will be heading to New Zealand and Australia because they're over there until December 1st, they're touring. And it's absolutely like, amazing. Um, and I think Colton, my fiance and I are actually going to just exchange vows while we're over there. Oh, wow. And do a ceremony hopefully is the plan congrats and then yeah come back here and make it more finalized here in the states and so i mean there's something really exciting about that but there's also part of me that's been like it's been so nice just to kind of be home for a little bit that i'm like i want to go because australia and new zealand are some of my favorite places I've ever been. And this is my third time going with them. And thankfully I've had the opportunity. Otherwise I don't know that I would have ever gotten there to be able to, yeah, to do that. Um, but then there's just that part of you that's always like, Oh, but I'm leaving home again for a month. Mm. And then, you know, fast forward next spring, like April, we go over to Europe and Paramore's opening for Taylor Swift on all of her Europe casual European tour. <laughs> which is amazing. Like how many people can say, especially again from my, and I I say it like, I I say this kind of not jokingly, but like as a hairstylist and a makeup artist and, and what I do, it's not, not everyone gets these opportunities and I will be able to hopefully one day have children or grandchildren or just family that I can be like, yeah, I toured one of the biggest literal world tours in history with to our date, probably one of the biggest artists in the world mm-hmm. I got to tour with, but it's, there's also this fear in me. That's like, I've never been gone for four months solid. And not only that, but I'm in completely different countries for four months straight, but also at the same time, how cool is it? You can cuss on this podcast, but yeah, no, how incredibly cool that we get to, to do that. And so I think like anything, there are times where I never hate what I do. You know, never. I don't. I'm. I love doing hair and makeup. It is my whole everything, and not even being funny about it. Like it. But I'm like every human being who has a job that has life going on. That's like today. I just want to stay in bed and I want to pull the covers up to my eyebrows and I just want to stay here. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, and so it's like, I still feel this way, but I'm never looking at it because I'm like, I hate my job. I'm always like, I'm just, I'm just tired, bitch. I'm just yeah. a tired old bitch these days. <laughs> like, Which is, I mean, and like, Mima is sleepy. <laughs> yeah. Mima's sleepy. Oh my God. Uh, Mima's also busy as hell. I mean, there's good reason to be tired uh, because again, in addition to the ongoing relationship with Haley and that collaboration, you guys built a two businesses together. So two businesses, yeah. Good Die Young, which we want to get to because this is crazy. Yeah. And then Fruits Hair Lab, which like can't wait to get to Nashville so I can see it in the flesh. Please, anytime. But Good Die Young, let's start there. You're on the road. Mm-hmm. Is that where this came from? How did the decision get made that like the two of you are going to go in on this? And I mean, honestly, change the game because there have been a lot of people doing you know, vibrant, vivid color, Uh but not the way that you guys have been doing it. So I want to understand everything. Thank you. That's crazy here. I I will never get over anyone knowing or caring about Diane because it was, again, like there was always like, I knew I wanted to do hair. And then there was like, oh, you're doing hair. Yeah, you yeah. and you own a hair dye company. <laughs> like that's that was so far up my my bucket wish list that mm-hmm. like it didn't even register that it could be possible. Um, it started with Haley going. I remember, <clears throat> and she still has it. She had this sketch that she she keeps a journal, and she had done the sketch of a color tube, and wrote on it "Good Dye Young." And she was like, "I think I want to start a hair dye company." And I was like, "Okay." And she was like, but I can't do this without you. And I was like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a human being. Like I, de- I definitely, there is a lot of imposter syndrome and self-doubt and like I do hair and I know this sounds dumb, but I think the world downplays hairstylists and. Oh, for sure. In a lot of ways, like they're, you know, I just, I do hair. I do hair. Exactly. Oh, no. You know, like that comes up on this podcast all the time. People feeling like they're marginalized or yeah, keep going. Yeah. And I think it it definitely it feels that way. Like people kind of brush past you when you say you do hair. But then and I've had it happen all the time with people that I know that I'm like, I don't I'm not someone who just throws my cards out on the table right away and is like, I do hair and I have a hair dye company and I tour with, you know, like, I'm like, oh, I do hair and I keep it at that. <laughs> and then somebody will be like, no, he doesn't just do hair. He does this. And then it's like, I watch their whole tune change and like, they're like, of course, well, tell me about that. What's it like to tour with her? What's it like to tour with the band? And I'm like, you weren't asking me any questions before you knew all this, <laughs> you know? Um, so, so I definitely, that part of me came into play. I was like, I didn't go to school for business. What does this mean? You know, but I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And so we, we started this ever. So finding people connect, you know, like what it takes, how to get it going. You meet somebody, you, you interview people who this is what they do. You know, they've started other brands or other companies or they worked with or for. So we started this adventure and it had come to a point where we were out on self-titled and I would literally get FedEx packages from labs of just samples of color. And so Haley and I, because she was, she's the only female we have, she has her own dressing room. She says it's ours. Mm -hmm. It's hers. I'm there for her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I would lay out everything and I would wrap an entire counter um, or whatever I could find coffee table in aluminum foil and I had hair swatches and I would go through every orange that they had sent me next to each other with the tube. 
and I would do the whole processing and I would narrow down to what I felt was the closest. And then from there, I would give any and every feedback that I could to the lab on this orange needs to be more yellow, less red, Mm -hmm. brighter, more neon. And so that's where we slowly built Good Die Young and um, launched it in 2016. Um, with just an e-com, our own .com as where we started. And then Sephora um, really wanted to try to amp up their hair section. So they carried us in some of their stores, uh, just under 30, about 24 to 27 stores, I believe. And ultimately, it just wasn't kind of the best fit. Um, They were also selling online as well. Um, and so I just think a lot of people, when they go to Sephora, it's fragrances, skincare and cosmetics, you know, the game has changed, but you're exactly right. It, it a handful of years ago, hair care was not what people were. Yeah. Yep. And so we then were lucky enough to get Sally beauty and every Sally beauty in the United States and some in Mexico. And so, yeah, it's picked up. We're now in every Ulta in the United States. Which is where I got my own Good Die Young. Shout out to y'all being at Ulta right across the street. Love to see it. It's beautiful. I was noticing it already. Um, And then we did um, a small line for Walmart called Streaks and Strands. So it was a smaller size of our like our key colors, the, you know, Roy G. Biv colors Mm -hmm. um, with lightning kits. And then we did a small collection for Target only exclusives of Good Die Young shades as well. Um, and so we're also over in Selfridges in the UK, um, Australia, we're sold in some over there. And so it's, it's, it's definitely gone <laughs> a lot bigger and it's still a lot of work and no one tells you that. And I've learned so much from it and it's been very challenging and very testing and a really big emotional roller coaster. And, uh, you know, there are many, many great sides of it too, but it, it comes with a lot of work and a lot of sacrificing and, you know, like it's not, I think it's alarming to some people sometimes when I'm like, it's still small meat and potatoes really in, in hindsight of things like we're still cultivating it and growing it and nurturing it. And, you know, it's constantly always, what are the right moves for the, the company and how can we reach a bigger a community and how can we keep growing that community especially i think v- being vivid and being a vivid hair dye i think for so long there's such a negative uh, connotation to it being a sceny punk you I, I mean for lack of everyone just thought like you were either trashy or druggy or some sort of deviant in some way and yep. it's not it's hair's an accessory you wear every day of your life and i think it's no different to want to dress it up and vivid colors any differently than it is to want to wear a bright color of clothing, a big chunky jewelry, you know, like it's just Mm -hmm. become more and more day to day and mainstream. And I hope that we're able to still keep pushing that and pushing people. And it's not an age, it's not a gender, it's not a class, if you will, of, of where you fall into any of life. It's about just showing people and representing yourself how you want to be seen and some days 
I want to just be me and I want to blend in. Yep. And other days I want to be ex-girl hot pink or, you know, like Calabunga green or glow on or steal my sunshine, whatever it may be. Sometimes I want to be neon leopard spots. Like mm-hmm. it's all part of me and how I'm feeling and how I want to represent myself outwardly to people. And so I think a lot of that, though, is fostering that in a way that feels genuine, but also growing in a white way and overcoming growing pains. Because, you know, a lot of this has been done without a big investor mm-hmm. or a lot of money being poured into it. Which is real talk, because there are a lot of these big brands out there that have done it the other way around, where they pick it up because it's trendy. Yeah. They've got the marketing dollars and they go big. Yeah. But I do just want to say a lot of, from our perspective, um, like, there's obvious synergies. There's a long time uh, authenticity factor here. I mean, you and Haley mainstreamed the shit out of this category. Um, this is, you know, 15 plus years of work that you guys have done yeah. in terms of making it a thing where it's not viewed as trashy or seen or punk. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody can participate in this sort of movement, yeah. um, which other brands have been able to capitalize on. And we love that you guys are now able to capitalize on the thing that you've created. So shout out to all of you for doing what you guys have been doing. The palettes are incredible. Thank you. The formulations are incredible. Talk to us a little bit about that. Like you could have gone the cheap way yeah. and done some really caustic chemicals. You didn't do that. Um, you've talked a lot about maintaining integrity of hair. That's because you're an actual hairstylist that cares about your client, <laughs> which is, yes. you know, not always the case for other companies. I'm not naming names. Um, so yeah. talk to us a little bit about that. Those <laughs> things that you guys had to think through as, as a brand. Well, thankfully, it was really important for both of us. I think for different reasons, um, in some aspects, mine was a professional personal, you know, like it's my job as a hairstylist to make sure not only is it executed properly, but it's executed in a way that makes you not regret your decision to do this. But also Mm. I was a young kid who was struggling with his sexuality. I had an alcoholic mother, an absent father. So, and, and not just like, that's not a pity thing. That was a, it, it, it shaped a lot of my life and hair was my outlet Mm -hmm. for dealing with that. I changed my hair a lot as a child and I did it myself Mm -hmm. because I felt like it was something I could control. And as a child living in that world with those situations, it didn't always feel like, I had control of things. Mm. My hair was my control. I could control how I presented that to people. And what I got to do with it was my choice. Mm. And so it was really important to make sure I still to this day with any decision that I make with Good Die Young, I think about 12 year old me who wanted to do this as a career. Mm. And all I want to do is be able to give 12-year-old anybody who is dealt with any of those things or just simply knows that going to hair school, becoming a makeup artist or a cosmetologist is their dream. I wanted to give them the best quality that they could get should they want it mm. and if they find it. You know, like I can't force anyone to go and buy Good Day Young, but it's there. Yep. And all I can do is say, this is not only a safe space. And I, for a long time, I wouldn't talk about my personal life because it was too hard and traumatic. And so now I think it's really important to have Good Day Young in this sort of platform to talk about it, to say like, this is why this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, like it wasn't just also because Haley asked me to and I met her and that's very lucky and great, but it was there was a trauma bond that happened there between us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with her, it was always the, you know, obviously 
and firm believer of vegan and cruelty free. That was a big thing. And she was also, again, like I said, she had skin stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it was very important that we were doing things that didn't cause any of that to flare up as much as we could within control without being completely organic or losing the vibrancy or performance, yep. but maintaining cleanness throughout it. Yep. And the performance being the same, it was like we really had each other to ping pong off of because there might be something that I that worked for me. But then she was like, yeah, but what about this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. And so we would go and we would work out that formula and what it would mean. And, you know, even as Kadayang evolved, so does innovation and products and new laws, restrictions. And so we're constantly always making sure that the formula is up to standard and as clean as possible mm -hmm. without losing you know, what, uh, within our parameters of what we can do. And so that's always been really big. The formula, it's on the thicker side because I have ruined plenty of flat rooms because <laughs> of a runny, vibrant hair dye, you know, so I wanted something that was less messy, but also richer. Mm -hmm. Like it, I wanted it to condition the hair. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be a heavily pigmented hair mask. Um, and it didn't have to be sold that way because... I, we could have I, I gladly could have taken that right away and ran with it. Mm -hmm. But I like to me, it was like, no, I want people to use it and use something else and be like, no, I want to go back to this mm -hmm. because it's just there. It's just good. It's just, it's my color. It's my shade. It's my company. It's my community. And so, um, yeah, keeping sunflower oil in it to help with shine, UV protection, coconut oil, mm -hmm. um, really big was no artificial fragrances. It's a big thing for Haley and I just in general, I'm very sensitive to it as is she. So finding essential oils that were mood boosting, but also beneficial to the hair and scalp. It's still a really big thing, not just in our semi-permanence, but whatever we hope, like we evolve and done, we've done, you know, we have washes and rinses and pre-wash scalp treatment and it was all part of all of that has always been really big to us. And it's something that I take pride in, um, like our Diposit. It's one of my favorite fragrances, um, you know, but it's also one of my favorite products because of what it does and who it's for and what it can do. And it's also the first time we had ventured into more natural tones for, for hair. And, and so that was really good. And then we've also then it's easy to do these like capsule collections as well. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, to me, I just try to keep it as current with trends and it may not even always know sometimes that it is a trend. Sometimes I hope we start a trend or we give somebody a shade or a color that they didn't know that they needed or wanted or, mm -hmm. you know, what it may be. But yeah, it's something that I'm, I'm very proud of. And it's, it's my baby. Like I, I'm, I take a lot of pride in, in just nurturing it. And hopefully it's something that I don't care if anyone knows who Brian O'Connor is or Haley Williams, but I hope that they know in 50 years from now, what good die young was mm. and what it did for hopefully an entire generation and community. And hopefully even in a fashion sense of how it changed people's minds on having brightly colored, vivid hair. Mm.
Beautifully, beautifully put, Brian. Honestly, <laughs> like that's the the whole interview. Uh, but we do have a couple more questions. Okay. But definitely have a feeling that Good Day Young is going to stand the test of time. Uh, I hope so. Um, you got a lot of things working in your favor. Thank you. Uh, you've got another baby, though, which is this <laughs> decision to open up a salon. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you talked about, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, being a receptionist, doing apprenticeships working on the floor um which you clearly did throughout yeah um but this space uh fruits hair lab so yep how did this come to be you you said a little bit but i would love to understand it um and then where the heck is it so that people can blow you guys up with appointments <laughs> um so it it started as something that i've always talked about but then was always kind of hesitant because I've always worked for friends who opened salons, like from the beginning, from the ground up, like yeah. creating business. And I'm like, hairstylists are drama, uh-huh. drama, drama. It's tough. And then I've seen what it is on a business side. And, and I'm very straightforward with it. Like no part of business excites me. I'm creative. <laughs> I like. <laughs> That's good to know about yourself. That's fair. That's fair. You know, I, I will educate myself and, and I hope that I do a really good job and, people always say like, wow, you're really good at business. And I'm like, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> like I have fooled you, buddy. <laughs> um, but it just was like the creative side of having a salon. The, again, the, the stylist, the hiring of people, the work, mm. what I love about doing hair the most is how it makes someone feel. Mm. It's such a, it, you can have someone walk in and just totally feel like they don't feel pretty. They don't feel beautiful. Their skin is bothering them. The weight is, their weight is bothering them. Their, the way their clothes are falling that day feels funny, whatever. And you can simply do something to me that has come entirely way too simple to me my entire life. Mm. I can do to somebody and completely turn their day around, completely make them feel like they're the most famous, beautiful person that ever walked the earth and all they're maybe doing is going to pick their kids up after they leave my chair or they're going to go to the grocery store, Mm. you know? And so it was always really important. Like when, when I thought about it is creating that space that like, you know, in, in the creative aspect. Um, but it was Haley who really kind of then pushed me to do it or was like, no, I think we should, especially now having good die young and here's why. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think we need to do it. And I was like, again, that, that voice of like hairstylist, yeah. salon, don't do it, girl run. <laughs> um, and I was like, all right, well, I'll put on a new hat and let's try it. And, you know, in a way how she sold it, it didn't take much. And it just took me getting over like the fear of just, doubting myself to be able to do it. Yeah. So we did it and we opened it in Nashville and Wedgwood Houston um, area of town, which is just shy of downtown Nashville. Um, and really it was when we talked about it, it was a lot of referencing um, party monster. Um, so with Macaulay Culkin and Seth Green yes. and Paris is burning. Um, and I really wanted to take this sort of New York, club kid but really again what was the most important about that was this idea that somehow all these people because of their who they loved how they dressed how they chose to present themselves was never good enough for society Mm. and really kind of say like 
they only had each other. That was their family. At the end of the day, it was, you know, teenage children living on streets, surviving because of their sexuality or non-gender conforming, you know, whatever, you know, their journey in life. And, and they had each other and they only had each other. And that to me is you can have family, but sometimes it isn't blood or it's chosen. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it was really important to bring that to Nashville, which is a very conservative, we're in the Bible belt. Um, and it's been very hard. We are all hearing about what Tennessee has <laughs> been up to these past few years. Yeah. So I can truly only imagine you guys are on the ground trying to create this space. As a, you know, I'm now 38 gay man. It's, it's been, it's hard. It's hard to live here and start a business and want to show love to a city into people who don't always want to show love back to you, mm. but I'm still here and I'm, I'm trying mm-hmm. in there. You best believe your ass every day. I'm looking at different places to move to and in more of an area that I could simply just hold the hand of the person that I love yeah. comfortably walking down the street without thinking that something physically or verbally is going to happen to us um (laughs) as dumb as that it's not dumb oh no no as dumb as it sounds that i have to like verbalize that it's the hard truth and so this fruits is it's it's about that but it's also about the hair and and what it means and again tying it into good die young because that's the the community those are our people Mm -hmm. and gay straight non-binary, whatever, asexual, all of it. It's all welcome here. This is all about wanting to just be loved, show love and feel safe as human beings. Yeah. Nothing more than that. Who want really cool fucking hair in the process of doing it, you know, because nothing's going to be able to make you, I feel like feel better than going out, looking your best feeling your best and just simply telling fuck you i am doing everything that you are i only want the same things that you want out of life i am paying my fucking taxes Mm -hmm. just as much if not more than some of you are most of the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like these are my rights like it's it's just as simple as that and so if we can be the callus that dresses all of that up to go out there and say fuck the norm and we don't want to cause physical harm to anyone we're not sexual deviants or predators or whatever mind-blowing story someone needs to say yeah you know what we're here and we're here for you and we're here with you and we may not have the same story but some of us sure and the hell know how it feels (laughs) you know Mm. and so to us it's about creating this safe space we're part of uh, Trans for Trans. I think we're one of probably only salons in in Nashville area. Um, and it's something that we pride ourselves on. And we pride ourselves on just being a place that anyone who wants really good hair, hair cut, hair color, hair styles, you know, you can come here and you can come as you are, who you are anytime. And that's what it's all about. And I hope that we are able to still create this I hope this just continues to grow alongside of Good Die Young and foster that and just simply saying, like, 
we are all humans who just want to be loved at the end of the day. Mm. <laughs> and, mm. and we want to do it in a way that lets people know that we also are fashionable and <laughs> kick ass and have really good colorful hair to go along with it. <laughs> Amazing. Or we have some just easy baby lights and a biolage, honey, whatever you need. Maybe you're just a gray blend. If that's what you're looking for, you guys can do it. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you need, as long as it's great hair with no hatred left at the door, then you got it. Like the world is your oyster. <laughs> Another pull quote, Brian. Uh, okay. Uh, look, I don't want to keep you for, we could keep talking forever um, <laughs> and particularly about this. And again, kudos to you guys for making that space actively safe because that state is working against exactly what you guys are working for. Unfortunately, which is devastating. Um, absolutely. Um, which is really real. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to be resonating with what you've been discussing because they're in other states that are doing some of this crazy shit. Um, yeah. Let's be real. Uh, you know, Texas and Florida, a huge number of hairstylists dealing with similarly awful legislation. Um, so mm -hmm. I don't want to make any light of that, um, but I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, so much going on. Uh, and we're just going to take a little bit more of it this time that you've got Go for. to do our quick takes. These are the questions that we ask of all of our guests. Okay. Um, so don't think about it for too long. The first question that we got is, what is the first beauty or hair product you remember having to have? You talked about experimenting with your hair. I wonder if you can think of a product. Ooh, um, it was probably, um, uh, it was a Cusco Murphy paste. It came in a glass jar. It was almost like a, oh, uh, it's been so long now, but uh, <laughs> that's terrible because they, I mean, now it's like Kevin Murphy, which was part of uh, branched off. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it came in this glass jar and it was like blue and it had like mica sparkles in it. And it was kind of like a beachy. Yeah, like essentially it was like a a gel of a, a salt spray or a surf spray sort of thing. Mm. But I remember being like, this is the shit and i had to have it <laughs> and i thought it was so cool that it came in a glass jar with a plastic black lid and mm. the design on it was really cool i just cannot remember for the life of me what it was called <laughs> but it would be that i'm sure one of our listeners is gonna <laughs> blow us up in the comments um amazing are you superstitious at all and if so about what oh i would say yes okay i have weird superstitious things there's something new that i did not know the thing so keep my i i my fiance is a, a horse trainer okay so we live on a, a horse farm in 17 acres yep. and i did not know but i find this very interesting a knife when you open it like if you're using it if it's like a we we use them for like baling twine yeah, yeah. for yep. cutting hay bales and stuff and so when you, if you open that you should be the one to close it otherwise it's bad luck oh I, I had never known that or heard that and it's something that i'm like it's little weird things like that that i'm like oh okay yeah i could see that if that makes sense <laughs> yeah and so i didn't know that because i we have someone who uh he's an employee of ours and also a really good friend and he is from um england but he's over here working for us on our farm and with us. And uh, it, it, he's who taught me. And I was like, Wait, what? I have never heard this before. And I know so many superstitious -y things. Mm. And so that's one now that I like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to kind of take this pretty serious. Okay. You know, going over a bridge and yeah. holding a screw <laughs> in the car and lifting up your feet, making a wish. The feet for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I hold my breath past the cemetery still to this day as an adult because I did it as a child because, you know, you don't want to get bad luck or, you know, mm-hmm. just random weird things. <laughs> these are these are not weird. We ask because there's so many of them. Um, all right. Our next question is honestly, in your case, very likely to be a real thing. Um, who would play you in a biopic of your life? I could see said biopic happening. Um, oh, my God. Who would it be? Stop. <laughs> Dream casting. Dream casting. Oh, my God. I don't know now. I don't even know. Yeah, so I used to, when I kept my hair a little bit longer and when I kind of had it still, um, people always said I look like Bradley Cooper. I was literally thinking Bradley Cooper. Really? And so that I would, but you know, it's an age thing, but I think that would be really cool only because so many people have been like, do you ever get told you look like him? And I'm like, ironically, <laughs> yes, you're like the <laughs> seventh, eighth, ninth person <laughs> to tell me. So I would say maybe Bradley Cooper. And there are worse people I think that could play me. <laughs> this is that's that's probably fair. And there's, you know, de-aging technology, yeah. all of that creepy AI stuff. Oh. It could be a thing. Um, <laughs> or later in life, bio. We'll see. Um, what is the ultimate comfort food for you, Brian? Oh, um, pizza and pasta. Oh, classics. I'm a full, like, full comfort, like, comfort, comfort food <laughs> person. The classics. Like, yeah. I want to eat my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> also relatable. You've said a lot of relatable stuff on this podcast, but I, I feel like that one in particular will definitely resonate. Yes. Um, all right. Our last question, which is, say that you're on a deserted island uh-huh. and you can only bring three beauty hair products you don't have to worry about food drink water like shelter we're good it's just like what are the products that you're obsessed with we want to know three things you can't live without living proof their dry shampoo okay um or bay's texturizing spray only because i'd probably use it as body spray <laughs> it's so good that's scent. um and then i mean honestly it would be probably good young pre-wash for me, mm-hmm. like just for me in particular, in that scenario, those would probably be my my three go tos. I mean, in in this instance, we will, of course, allow a good uh, young product to be included. <laughs> um, all right, Brian, uh, I got to ask you to do the thing that people need to do, which is plug the various businesses. Um, so we are going to include literally everything in the show notes. We'll make it nice and easy for our listeners. But if you could, if people are not already following you, Good Die Young, Fruits, like how do they find, where can they go? Okay, well, for me, since I'm such a meemaw, I'm only on Instagram. <laughs> um, so you can you can find me at Color Me Brian on Instagram. And then Good Die Young, we're on Good Die Young, at Good Die Young, um, gooddieyoung.com. You can shop, browse, um, trends, trend reports, all of it there. But um, you can follow Good Die Young on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, we're all over the place. Fruits is on Insta Fruits Hair Lab um, on Instagram as well. Um, we've talked about TikTok, but we haven't ventured there just yet for it. And then fruits uh, fruitshairlab.com is also you can go on, you can check out the stylist, the bios of each stylist, myself. Um, and you can also book an appointment if you are in the Nashville area or coming into Nashville and just want to have really cool hair or just come by and see some of the stylists we have plenty of products and cool curated gifts so amazing well i have a feeling people are going to want to stop by now Um, again if if ever i'm in town i'm going to make sure that that's on my list please do want to see you guys in person for sure we would love to see you we would love to have you 
And just let it like reach out. Let me know. I'll make sure like if you even want to get your hair done or something. Well, Brian, it has been an honest to God pleasure chatting with you. I feel like I've learned so much. I could, as I said, talk to you literally all day. We'd love to have you back at some point. Anytime, please. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you. Well, it means a lot. Um, and shout out to you guys for doing the damn thing. Um, truly. We're really, really big fans over here. Well, thank you for even just wanting to listen. It means a lot. So thank you. All right. I mean, he's had some famous folks in his chair. And then I love how he sort of parlayed that into his own, you know, casual multimillion dollar company. You know, no big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Oh, and, you know, a, a salon and oh, and this, that. And the other. I mean, yeah, what a privilege. What a treat to, to be able to chat with him. We hope that you guys enjoyed that one. Um, and make sure you're following him and his many brands if you're not. Um, but I'm sure you are. Sure you are. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up with the tease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.